Final seconds of the game. A chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Hello, this is international football commentator Derek Ray, and you're listening to the Ranks FC podcast.
Rank Squad and welcome to Champions League Takeaway here on Ranks FC. Looking at the second legs of this week's Champions League quarter-final ties. We have our last four. Manchester City will play Real Madrid and we have a Derby della Maronina in the other semi-final. Last one perhaps ever at San Siro will take place between Inter and AC in Milan. Very, very exciting. My name mm. is Jack Collins and I'll be your host today and I'm joined by the rank of Mr. Sam Tai. How are you doing, mate? Hello, mate. Yes, very well, thank you. Um, interesting game for me tonight and uh, did get some did get some excitement. We weren't 100% sure, were we, in the preview, what we were going to get, if it was going to explode into life. Safe to say, it actually did. Yeah, it got, it got lively, it got lively. And of course, our transfer guru, Mr. Dean Jones. How are you doing, mate? Hello, mate. Yeah, I'm good. I mean, both my games were pretty pretty much done deals before we even kicked off but um yeah there's some interesting factors that we'll be talking about here i think mm, yeah absolutely well, we're going to start with you dean and we're going to start mm. with what happened in bavaria tonight bayern munich won manchester city one which means the city won four one on aggregate what have you got for me yeah i enjoyed it uh yeah bayern won city one on the night and to be honest like bayern played well but they also seemed quite anxious um, Thomas Tuchel was on one, is how I'd put it. Like, I've never seen a more obvious red card coming than Thomas Tuchel's tonight. It was very strange. He, um, yeah, he wasn't composed at all. He was shouting and hollering from pretty much the first minute. His, his mind just seemed to be erratic. Um, and I kind of was, felt it was kind of reflected in, in his players, especially people like Sané. Because when big moments came and arrived in the first half, when Bayern definitely could have got back into this tie, they didn't quite have the calmness you would expect, which was a shame because they were actually dealing with the game itself really well. They were positive. They The structure of their team was very good. They were matching City and more, to be honest. And yeah, you just thought if they could have got that opening goal in the first half, something special might have been able to happen. Now, the ref got caught up in this madness too, to be honest. Um, it felt a little bit at times like it was the me show, like, you know, occasionally the refs get on an ego trip and it felt a little bit like that at times. I mean, he absolutely lost his... Was it his... Mateo Hoz? It was a weird one, right? I don't know if you saw it, Jack. Upamecano, like, got a red card in the first half Yeah. for chopping down Haaland as last man. But, like, as soon as the ref, ref gave a red card, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, Haaland's offside. Like, he's definitely offside. And then the ref like looks over at his line and he's like, oh, he hasn't even looked at him. He just issued a red card without like checking with anyone whether there's a reason this the should happen. The flag did go up late. The flag did go up late. And it was actually, to be fair, a closer offside call than I thought to begin with. <sighs> at first, I was like, well, he's he, he brandished offside. that red card actually, so fast. Yes, he Like, did. I've he never did. seen such but a quick I do red think- card. I do think that the rep, the liner hadn't actually put the flag up at the time where the red card was given, and then they never do anyway. The did go wait. up. You yeah. always wait. It was. I mean, he was offside. Anyway. It was a red card. If if he had been onside, it was it was a red card. He took him out. He was last man. So there is that element of it. But I do completely appreciate what you're saying in terms of how how quick it came out and how maybe yeah, I mean, speedy he was to give it away. I felt sorry for Picardo throughout both games. Really terrible time of things especially the penalty conceded in like 35 minutes I mean he literally is trying to keep his hands behind his back and can't and they say like your hand shouldn't be in an unnatural position the penalty is given because they're saying his hands in an unnatural 
it couldn't be like a more natural position. He's literally trying to keep his hands behind his back and the momentum and his own player chopping him down means he kind of puts an arm out for balance. Um, that was mad too. Anyway, Holland missed the penalty. Didn't didn't matter in the end. Um, yeah, it was just chaos. That's my first point. Like the loud stadium it was a disruptive game. It was mad Champions League football. Mane even came on for Sané. Like they had to slap hands and come on for it. Like it was ridiculous. <laughs> like Mane's trying to give it. Like we're all fine here. Two hands up, waiting to slap his hand. Sane like casually like flicks his hand out and then just about touches his Sane ducks and wins. Yeah, it was like when, you know, <laughs> yeah, you've had a row with your missus or whatever and, and one of you realizes you're in the wrong, so you're trying to be happy and put it behind you, and the other one's like, absolutely no chance, I'm not talking to you for ages. <laughs> it was literally like that. Um but yeah, look, Bayern did play well. And, and number two, this is quite a quick one really, uh Kingsley Coman was in the first half the best player on the pitch. Uh, a real spark for Bayern Munich. And there was a moment, actually, when he left the Kanji for dead. Sam, I know you weren't watching this game, but you're going to be seeing this moment because it's going to be a meme. It's going to be uh, on highlights for years. Uh, it, the way he went past him, like he was a cone, it was brilliant. Um, look, Komen isn't someone that we've spoken about that much on this pod for, for a long time, really. Um, so even though I'm going to keep this bit brief, it was great to see him playing like this. Um he started about half of Bayern's games this season. He's 26 now. This was a really good performance and really a sign um, of consistency. We could be talking about him We're in a good way a lot more frequently again. So I was, I was pleased to see him put in a performance like this. Yeah, living up to his Instagram handle, right? Ever since he's taken a handle <laughs> at King, it's been it's been upwardly trajectory for uh, for, yeah, that's for, true. for Kingsley Coman. Such a good handle, um, but also yeah, he was absolutely brilliant tonight. He, he really did. I think he was the best player in the po- across the kind of course of the game. If I'm honest, obviously it got a bit more scrappy and a bit more end to end over the course of it. But I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, who would you give man of the match to? And my man of the match would have been Kingsley Coman, despite the fact that he's on the side that's just been brutally dumped out for one on yeah. aggregate. They have drawn tonight and he was the best player on the park. So I think from yeah. that kind of perspective, it's quite difficult. But yeah, a really good game for him. He, he, you know, This is not the first time that Kingsley Coman has turned up in this competition. It will not be the last. No. And his run at the moment of, of just success on success on success goes on. He will go down as one of the world's most decorated players by the time he retires. Yeah, a lot. We always miss him out, don't we, in the conversation? Kind of, he's very forgettable. I honestly don't think we've spoken um, about is, him all season on is, any pod. It's not fair because he's really good. He always plays for top teams. He always does a really important role. Like he's always there for France. Like he's won a World Cup. He's nearly won a second one. You know, it's he's he won, he's won like nine league titles in a <laughs> row. <laughs> no one ever talks about him. Madness. I think it's more than That's that, isn't it? <laughs> That's why I had to go and look up his know. age because I was like. I want to check that we haven't just missed his whole career here and then like a really good career and not really giving him any credit. So I was like, anyway, he's getting a mention tonight, even though Bayern are out of the Champions League. Look, number one, obviously, the main thing we take from this is that City have an edge and a belief that I don't think they've had before in this competition. They now head into one of the most exciting semi-finals we could have hoped for and they've got a really good chance. They hit Bayern on the break here to go 1-0 up Yes, Umpa Meccano slipped. Yes, he had a tragic two games. Um, but look, Haaland just hitting different. Um, and Man City with him in the Champions League is a, is a different um, type of battle that the other teams have got to come up against. 48 goals now for Haaland in 41 games for Man City. 
look, he's having an unbelievable season, obviously. And, and for Man City, like, there's there's hope here that they could got a treble in their hands. Like, they've genuinely got a, a shot here at a treble. Um, so this is a, quite a climax to the season for them. They've they've had doubts in their season. It looked like they might even be drifting out of the title race at one point, and they've kept in that. And now they're showing their Champions League credentials. It's Real Madrid versus Man City, and that is going to be absolutely fascinating. Obviously, last season, Madrid edged it. Um, we saw one of the best Champions League semifinals you'll see in that 4-3, and then eventually ends up going to extra time, and Real Madrid get the job done. Uh, at home in the second leg and and they make it to the final and win it. This time, we're going to see the first game at the Bernabeu, May the 9th. And and Man City are going to do more than mix it here because the truth is Man City are the better team right now. They they function better more often. They have better individuals. And while in any other season, you would doubt their mentality, I think we are seeing a moment here when they genuinely can seek revenge. Like, I, I can't wait for that game. It's going to be brilliant. Look, Man City... In this buying game, they knew that they were going to have a, a challenge on their hands, but they, they matched the aggression. They were patient. They hit him on the counter. Haaland scores again. And yeah, we've now got an elite clash on our hands. Yeah, I mean, I, I tweeted about this, the fact that we, we saw the City goal come from the a moment where Bayern could have scored down the other end. The ball was fizzed across. Yeah. Edison makes a good save. It goes straight down the other end. Upamecano falls over. Fair enough. He, he slips. Everyone was slipping on that turf yeah. tonight. He didn't game but he wasn't the only one to fall over he just happened to be the one that fell over in in the moment of spotlight but what was interesting is that City scored in a chaos state and that is so unlike City that's a Real Madrid move you know nearly concede go up the other end and punish that's that's yeah. how Real Madrid have got through in the last couple of years and the fact that City can now play in that state with Holland and Grealish there huge huge I think for for their kind of Hopes of winning this, but the hopes of winning everything, I think, is generally the, the one thing the City weren't good at. Now they are good at it, and then that's a pretty scary thing for everybody else. I think they should say, over. by the way, the winner gets Jude Bellingham. That's what we have to feel that game as. <laughs> <laughs> that's the prize. Bellingham Bowl. Never mind the Champions League trophy. It should be. Jude Bellingham should just be at the stadium waiting to find which team he joins. In a half and a half skirt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. This is one of those. One of those. Right. Let's go over to the other game tonight, which turned uh, into the classic, Sam. It's a three, Benfica three, five, three to Inter on aggregate. I don't think I've ever seen a game which looked less like a three-all that suddenly was three-all. I can't believe that this ended up as three-all. Um, you checked with me just before we, we started. You said, that was three-all, wasn't it, Sam? And I took like, Five seconds to reply because I I needed to just I needed to check it myself. It just didn't seem real because that that didn't really feel like a three three. It didn't feel like like an absolute thriller. It didn't get me on the edge of my seat at any point. It was a good game, no doubt about it. I've got stuff to say about it, but not your run of the mill three three. Anyway, let's go to the takeaways, and uh, I'm going to begin with experience tells, and I think this is something that I. I underestimated when I was trying to consider how these how this bout would go, I guess. Um, I did so because I don't like talking about experience, to tell you the truth. And you guys know I think it's a bit cliche. I think it can be, become a bit of a crutch when talking about football and trying to provide analysis talking about experience because it's just overused. But on this occasion, experience was actually really important and that, that works to Inter's benefit over the course of the two legs. And for Benfica... I think they might have got swallowed up by the occasion of this just a little bit. And I, 
you look at the squad, and I guess it's kind of understandable. I'm going to run through a couple of names, and you'll, I hope you'll agree with me that, like, okay, fine, this can happen. Antonio Silva, breakout star at centre-back this season. Teenager, but you don't find too many players playing, you know, consistent centre-back minutes for top teams, and there's a reason why, and it's because it's generally a position where experience tells. And he did manage to score in the 86th minute with a header from a free kick, but unfortunately for the 85 minutes before, he really struggled with Dzeko's like wily physicality and his jockeying and the way he was jostling with uh, with 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 Silver off the uh, on the ball when when dueling for it and Lautaro's movement you know was really really good and this was this was a real test for Silver and he just he just couldn't quite get there because he's very young and he's very inexperienced he looked through the rest of the squad as well Gonzalo Ramos is is what one year beyond Silver he's on his like second year as a first team footballer so again there's there's plenty of room to grow this is, I think, Frederick Ausnes' first Champions League season. It can be very easy to forget that Florentino Luis was on loan at Hetafe last year. Yep. He has come back into the Benfica setup and really taken off. So, yes, they've got some veterans. They've got Otamendi. They've got Juan Mario. But a good chunk of this team, and I think I overlooked it, are playing on this kind of stage and playing in this kind of game for possibly the very first time. And you know what? It's tough. It's really difficult. And I think this 90-minute period and these 180 minutes really a real argument in favour for the experience in a football team. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think this is nice. I actually think that it was a, another kind of nice touch is that Roger Schmidt almost felt like he realised this. And late on, he blooded a couple of players, not necessarily for the first time in the Champions League, but for the first time, in I think, in, in a stadium like the Giuseppe Miazza. You know, obviously, Joao Neves came on. We saw... Uh, Sheldalup come up and on as well. You know, both of them 18 years old. They've come in and then obviously Benfica actually score a third and Peter Musa gets the third goal. Fine, whatever. But the moments that they've gone on and gone, right, okay, you know, Joao Nevis in particular getting 10 minutes there and just being like, okay, cool. You know, you've got 10 minutes at the Miazzi. You're 18 years old. Next time Benfica get to this stage and you know what, if they can hold some of this team together, obviously there's going to be some some interest in, in some of these players, Gonzalo Ramos headlining the pack, fine. But actually, when you look at this side and you're looking at who comes through, they'll go again, this Benfica side. And and generally, I think the, the way that he blooded a couple of players there at the end, just very smart management from Schmidt. And, and just enough to be like, look, this is the first time we've got here. We're going to make these experiences count and we're going to learn from them. And, and that's what I felt it felt like towards the end of this game for Benfica. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay with outstanding federal benefits and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your 
first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice that's a nice way of putting it. It's a nice thing to say. I hadn't thought about that because my, my next point is to spin a positive for Benfica because I, I thought I could only find one, but but you found another. Um, the other is that David Nerish played really, really well. So just to give Benfica some positivity, he came off the bench at halftime and he played extremely well. He's one of the only players there that really played to his level. Um, really positive on the ball. Uh, he did something that no other Benfica player really did which was run with the ball yeah. directly at Inter. And like even Rafa Silva wasn't really doing this. He got a couple of runs in transition early on, but in settled possession when Benfica had the ball and they were in Inter's territory and Inter were blocking up defensively, no one really had the confidence or the wherewithal to just take the ball and just run like directly in a straight line, 10 yards. Neres came on, did it twice, got into the box, fizz one across goal that Ausnes was, was trying to get all the end off from right back. Um, and then he did it and then he, he ran into the box again and caused chaos. And then later he hit the post when he probably should have scored, but he picked up on a defensive error and, and, and struck the post. And so it's only small and you've lost 5-3, but David Nerish was very, very good. So shouts out to him because on a night where mostly Benfica failed to hit their usual levels, Nerish, he found it. Yeah, I don't think this game was lost tonight. And and I know that you don't think so either. Yeah. You know, there were moments in the first leg and we've spoken about it at length, but Gonzalo Ramos's effort right at the end of that first leg where he could have pulled it back to 2-1 and given Benfica a fighting chance going into this felt like a massive moment. And, and you know, even when they went to one all tonight, it didn't feel like it. And, and, you know, you mentioned at the start the fact that this game never felt edge of the sea, and I completely agree. And I think that part of that was just because of the way that the goals flowed. You know, it went to 3-0, Yes. Then it went to 3-1, and then it went to 5-1, and then it went back to 5-3. And it just never felt like Benfica were in yeah. the tie. And, and I think that probably doubles down on what we were saying at the beginning. Yeah, Inter just got this two-goal cushion the whole time. You know, maybe you're brought to the edge of your seat when it gets to one, but they just kept chipping away and getting ahead, and Benfica was sort of chasing them up the, up the ladder. And unfortunately, it just never happened for them. But I'll come on to the final point, and I'm just going to call it Italian pride. Uh, and it, it links to Inter, but I think it links to the semi-final too. So Inter have hit the semi-finals. Like huge congratulations to them. That's a monumental achievement. And you know, I've been I've been harsh on them over the last couple of weeks when we've been talking about these games, but they've made it. Well done. And they've made it for the first time since 2010, which is when they won it. And they're also into the semi-finals under the guidance of an Italian manager for the first time in just over 40 years. And they've done it with an all-Italian back three of Damian, Acerbi and Bastoni, Italian, Di Marco on the left, and an Italian duel in Barella in midfield. And look, this isn't a criticism of you know previous iterations of Inter or their policies. I love the globalised game. But in 2023, when there's so many nationalities playing in so many different countries and teams can feel so mixed and so international, sometimes it's quite nice to see a team with a, like a homegrown spine and a homegrown feel. And it's particularly nice when it's, an Italian side with an Italian defensive spine. It just kind of feels right. So I certainly appreciated it. The Giuseppe Miazza crowd certainly appreciated it. You know, I think AC Milan laid the gauntlet down, didn't they, last week with the, the atmosphere? Yeah. Uh, and I think in, the Inter fans walked into that same stadium, into those same seats tonight and thought, we've got something to live up to here. And they were brilliant. You know, the, the noise, the chance, the, the lights, 75,000 bouncing bodies when they'd taken that, when they'd scored that second goal. 
And of course, this Italian pride theme it extends into it, Italy will have a team in the final. We have a Derby della Madonnina. Milan will have semi, a team in the final. And one of Inter or AC Milan will have a team in the final. You know, that's it. And I, I just would never ever have guessed that at the start of the season yeah i completely agree also it's quite a nice touch that it is inter obviously you know the the name of the club and the founding kind of element of the club was based on the idea that teams would you know players would not be based judged on nationality you know that they would accept foreign players just as heartily as they would accept italian footballers um, in an era where you know, that wasn't necessarily always the case. And so actually for it to be a side named after the global game, that are taking an Italian core mm-hmm. into the semifinals of Europe's premier competition, there's something quite lovely about that, isn't there? There's something, something nice and, I was going to say ironic, but that sounds kind of negative and I don't mean for it to be negative at all. It just feels like one of those things that's slightly different. Yeah, of course. Inter have always had a, they've always felt like they've had a stronger Argentinian core than yeah. Italian core at times, haven't they, uh, over the years? So many great, Argentinians to play for them obviously some great Italians too but yeah I just like I like the feel of that spine and and to their credit as well over the course of these two legs and the Porto games Damian exceptional Bastoni exceptional Acerbi solid like they're doing their bit nice absolutely nice identity. absolutely yes very good side very good side and uh, I'm really looking forward to that semi-final as well The new Chevy Silverado HD puts you in command. Own strength with its enhanced available Duramax 6.6 liter turbo diesel V8. Own the lake with its available advanced towing technology. And own technology with an available 13.4 inch diagonal touchscreen. The new Chevy Silverado HD. Own work, own play, own life. Learn more at Chevy.com. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Right, let's move on to yesterday's games. And DJ, you're up because Chelsea lost 2-0 to Real Madrid in a scoreline that absolutely nobody could have predicted. No one thought that Real Madrid were going to get through this tie. Everyone thought that Chelsea were a heavy favourite. So you know, for them to lose at home, you know, especially under this management and the, the quality that's really there, a huge, huge shock here. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Um, right, number three. That's <laughs> Ahead of kickoff, like a lot of people were making fun of Lampard for his team selection. Um, you know, Chelsea yes, fans were. were like absolutely gobsmacked at, at what they were looking at on paper. It looked like they were playing three, with, six, the, one back with, three with six mid- Yeah, back three with six midfielders, basically. Yeah. Um, and actually, like in the reality, and they were energetic, they pressed high, they tried to force moments, and they had big chances. They just can't score goals. They just can't finish. Like, Todd Bowley's sitting there in his posh seat, looking at his team he spent £600 million on. He can't hit the net. Like, how much do I have to spend to score a goal? Like, how much does this game cost? <laughs> um, Chelsea had 19 shots at goal. Only six of them on target and scored no goals. 19 shots. My granddad used to tell me that if you had 10 shots, one will go in. Not true, granddad. <laughs> oh, not this again. <laughs> so, look. It was, he was right, usually. It was a pretty simple game plan in its philosophy. Run a lot, charge down a lot, and take your chances when they come. They just can't do that. By the end of the night, they'd had Sterling, Mudrick, Jao Felix, Mason Mount, Conor Gallagher, all on the pitch trying to score. And between them, they come up with a big fat zero. Um, those six players are worth about £400 million between them. And, and it's just absolute madness. And, you know, so I'm actually defending Frank Lampard a little bit there. Um, 
actually, there's been a couple of times so far, his structural setup for the game has actually been okay. He has actually set out with decent plans. They just haven't been able to be pulled off and modified throughout the game. That's probably their biggest problem right now. They, they can't adapt in-game. Now, number two, the one thing Lampard definitely can't account for is individual errors. And you definitely don't expect ones like the one that Cucurella made. He's decided... Well, I don't know. I think Chelsea fans probably do at this point. Well, <laughs> to charge out of position. So he's on the halfway line, basically. Madrid have possession. They play it like from midway inside their own half on the far side, back into the defence, basically, you know, onto their own edge of their own box almost. And yeah, look, Cucurella just thinks, I can get to that. I can get to that. Sam's showing on the screen now the diagram that I drew for him to try to explain (laughs) what Cucurella actually tried to pull off. It's like a 40-yard sprint. He's trying to race a football, basically. You can't beat a football. You can't get there Did he learn nothing from watching goal one? Because that is literally the whole point of goal one. (laughs) So what happens is he gets to the centre-back. He's like, what on earth are you doing here? Quickly switches the ball into the gap that he's left behind. And off they go. Chalobah's left for dead. Ten seconds later, Rodrigo's celebrating his goal. Um, Just an absolute mindless decision from Cucurella and it's exactly the moment that Madrid have been waiting for like that is what they live for somebody making a stupid error that they can absolutely exploit this team will always be ruthless in big matches like this every single time they play um and look there it was 58 minutes happy days tie is dead now obviously they went on and scored a second two uh, 10 minutes from time and at number one um, I think it's worth giving Rodrigo his big moment here. Um, I know it's tradition that I would I would spend this moment talking about Vinicius Junior, but I think he can take a bit. I think he can take a back seat for this one. He, he's done his work in the Champions League for a little bit. Um, Rodrigo is going to get the credit here. Um, his role was on the right side of the attack, but he was so fluid. Um, he'd often crop up on on the other flank. He uh, was hard to keep track of. He brought others into the game. He confused Chelsea with his movement. Um, and he was a real spark. And when he plays like this, it's really interesting. I mean, obviously, we're talking about Coleman in my other game and how he was able to try and bring some life in, in Dubai. Now, look, Rodrigo is probably a bit a bit more of a presence in in Bayern, in sorry, in Real Madrid's setup than than Coleman has been. But still, you've always had that feeling that Ancelotti doesn't one hundred percent trust him. Like I'm never sure. It's always like he's begrudgingly stuck him in the starting eleven because he couldn't come up with another option, because he couldn't put Valverde there again or something. Um, But on the back of this, I think he's got a lot of credit in the bank. He was involved in a lot of what was good about Real Madrid's play. He was creating moments, spaces, opportunities all the time. And now I think he's given Ancelotti enough of a performance here to show him, and probably everyone else that was doubting him, that he can deliver on big stages. And it gives him a headache now. Can he play against Man City? Does Ancelotti start him in that fixture when they go head-to-head? Mm, uh, his his record in the Champions League is amazing. It's, ex- yeah. it's incredible, he's isn't it? Like, it's absolutely he unbelievable. Is like, he's like Mr. Champions League. He like scored a hat-trick on his debut or something against Galatasaray, and it was like a perfect hat-trick. Yeah. Left-right header. Jack was mocking me because I actually wasn't a big fan of him at the time. And Jack was like, oh, look, the guy you don't like has scored a perfect hat-trick on his Champions League debut. <laughs> and and he, fair, was a, was, he was about he eight. Was mostly right. <laughs> like... <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) So he's now on 15 goals, nine assists in 19 Champions League starts. And I'm reading a tweet from BR Football here. He is two goals away from being Real Madrid's joint fourth top goal scorer in history in the Champions League. He is 22 years of age. Um, (laughs) I mean... He's he's not guaranteed a spot in the team, Dean. You're right, and it's never felt like he is. But I I don't think that speaks poorly of Rodrigo. I just think it speaks to how difficult it is to nail down a place yeah. in this Real Madrid eleven. That's but, just the level they are. There's like two or three of them that are definitely definitely in, and it's Courtois and Benzema and Vinny. Yeah. The rest of you, you're gonna have to fight it out. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely an element also of of the idea that, and and you kind of touched on it, DJ. That he feels a little bit in Vinicius' shadow because Vinicius has always kind of been the poster boy, and Rodrigo kind of felt like the other guy who they also signed yeah. as a youngster yeah. a year later for like a similarly yeah. big fee. It was like, oh, we got the model by Vinicius Junior, and then we also bought Rodrigo. He, like in in the kind of thought process of, of where he seems, he, he felt a bit like an afterthought. And I don't necessarily think that that's true, yeah, yeah. but I just think that's how yeah, it's potentially yeah. perceived. And I so agree, yeah, he, less, he was less hype. He's always been, I think one of those players that you, you look at it and go, he's he's being more clinical than Vinicius, especially to begin with. He was the one who was scoring the goals. He was the one where if a, you know, a chance appeared to either of them, you'd be like, give that to Rodrigo, please, because Vinicius, to begin with, again, couldn't finish his dinner. And, and, and then actually, suddenly, he became that player. He broke out. He started scoring goals. Everyone started trusting him. And it was kind of forgotten that Rodrigo had just been sort of doing that all the way through. And, and actually, I think that's a really interesting kind of dynamic and an interesting thing between the two of them in terms of in how it works. I'm surprised they're still friends. I'd have thought, I reckon they fell out a long time ago. Like Sané and Mano. <laughs> Maybe, hopefully, hopefully not. Hope. Yeah, lads, I, I mean, once we get the prediction of that game, I, I don't know where I'm going to be. That Real Madrid-Man City game has become a real mess in my mind now after watching Man City tonight, but I've already backed that Real Madrid to win the Champions League this season. And I've, you know, I'll obviously lose my house and my family if that doesn't happen because I've been so sure about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm like, oh God, why me? Every what season, every season's wait. the same. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be the same. Right, let's go to our fourth and final game, which was Napoli against AC Milan. Sam, what did you take away from this one? Okay, so first and foremost, I need to talk about this defensive effort from AC Milan over the course of two legs, sure, but obviously getting it done in the Maradona on on the second leg. And it's the defensive structure and the, the sheer effort that has basically paved the way for victory here. And there's, there's two players that we need to talk about. I tweeted about them. I said one is having a loudly excellent game and one is having a quietly excellent game. I think by the end of the game, they were both loud. The first is Davide Calabria, who, fresh off cancelling Kavara in the first leg, went most of the way to doing it again in the second leg. It wasn't quite as much of a blanket performance, but it was still pretty damn good. And the stat sheet reads five tackles, six interceptions, nine duels won. Not bad for a fullback. Kavara slipped in and slipped through a couple of times. He hit the byline once and he wriggled through two at once as well. But generally speaking, again, he, he was held at arm's length and he missed a penalty. Um, he did get a bit of help like and, and credit to, to Pioli as well. He basically fielded Brahim Diaz right wing and just said, just double up on Kavara and give me everything you've got for 60 minutes. Ring yourself dry. And then when you're done, I'll bring on Junior Macias and I'll get him to do the other part. 
pass the baton. And that's exactly what they did. Messias did the final 30 and they doubled him and tripled him and they were brilliant. But Calabria, he needs to, you need to bring a certain intensity to really get the better of Kvara and throw him off his game. And Calabria found it twice in a row. Absolutely brilliant. The second player was Fakayo Tomori. So he was quietly doing the business in the first half and he just came more and more into it in the second. He did concede a penalty. Yeah, I would admit um, it's not his fault. Which sounds, it's, it all, yeah, it always sounds weird to say, you know, apart from when he conceded the penalty, he was great. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a bit like when Dean said on Wednesday, apart from when he missed that pressure penalty in the uh, <laughs> quarterfinal, Harry Kane's been great for us at penalties. Mm. But it, it's the same thing. And it is a bit unfortunate. It's like his, his hand is, is between his legs below, trying to stabilise or whatever. I thought we weren't giving those anymore, but they were, yeah, it was given. But he was he was on hand to marshal Ossiemen and he did so well. He was there to clear ball after ball after ball, always reading reading the crosses and getting there at the right time. He was very physical with Ossiemen and, and pushed him and, and jockeyed him, which was really good. And, you know, he between he and Kier, they were really, really good. So Kavara was taken out by Calabria and Tomori more or less handled Ossiemen with a bit of help from Kier. And with Politano going off injured, the front three were done. They got conquered by hook or by crook. Lucky or not, all three of them were more or less taken out of this game. Well done. Yeah, well, I mean, we spoke beforehand and we said that Ossiemen can deal with an entire defence on his own. He couldn't hear. Um, that he was handled. Nope, uh, his service great. wasn't great, but he was mostly handled. And, and that's that's very, very impressive. Typical Ossiemen, though. He still managed to pop up and score a goal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't keep him like, quiet for that like long. two shots. Yeah, two shots in the whole game, marshalled by two defenders perfectly and still scores. Ridiculous player. Um, anyway, let's move on to the next point and let's let's turn our focus to to the attack. And and this is a short one, guys. It's Rafa Liao and he has just delivered one of the greatest Champions League assists of all time, surely. Oh, um, yeah. He's about 30 yards from his own goal when he picks this ball up. He just runs and runs and runs and runs some more. And, and you know the way he runs. You know, you know it, it makes us all weak at the knees, doesn't it? Because it's so smooth. Yep. And the way he, he, he glides and he surfs. And he doesn't really change direction that much. There's, there's no cutting. Yes, he, he, sort of, he sort of drifts and maneuvers. But it's so smooth. And like he obviously takes the ball off and Dombele runs past him. Di Lorenzo, terrible attempt at sticking the leg out. I don't know what Di Lorenzo's doing. Just take him out if you're going to do that. If you're going to take yourself out of the game, just take him out yeah. too. And then Rachmani tries to tries a slide tackle. Very bold, very bad. Gets past him two squares at Vigerou. One of the easiest goals he's ever scored. Just jaw dropping. Like you know, I'm I'm sat there screaming and shouting at my TV as he takes them on and beats them one by one by one. It's absolutely amazing. I was isn't so it? happy, man. I was so happy. Like obviously, I'd backed Milan anyway to get through that tie. But I needed Liao to turn up big time if that was going to happen. And that was it. Like, that was the moment they needed. Like, just ridiculous. Like, ridiculous to do that um, on that sort of, uh, that that level to run like that. Past Pete, like, I just can't, I watched it like so many times. I was just like, this is so good. This is so good. I saw afterwards as well. He's kind of like talking like he, like saying all the right things now i'm staying i'm staying at milan like uh obviously all the speculation has been running around him and now he'll probably end up staying um unless he wins the champions league and thinks i can't do anything else here i've just won the league in the champions league what's the point of me staying here go somewhere else i'm I'm done what a player it's like pressing yeah it's like pressing the button isn't it the big red and black button it unleashes the nuclear option 
Um, and, and I think that when you, when, when you have a moment like that, I mean, Sam, you said he was a one man yeah, counterattacking yeah. weapon. I, th- I think I took, I took that to another level on Twitter. So I said, one man counterattacking weapon of mass destruction. And it really does <laughs> feel like when he gets into these moods, there's just nothing you can do to stop him. And look, it turned out that this ended up being a battle between the two young star boy left wingers of Serie A. And Liao stepped up and made the difference. And Kvaratskhelia, who's had such a brilliant season, and I do think looks a bit tired at this point, generally, and, and, and people are maybe cottoning on to exactly how he plays fine, but he also just doesn't have that kind of moment and dynamic as much as he, he did at the beginning of the season. Uh, I think that there's just a little bit of a fatigue setting in for Kvara. But I think in these kind of moments, Liao has exploded into life and, and made something happen. And obviously the game suited him and the way that Napoli played and controlled yeah, suited they're him. Playing, they're more. playing different. But one of them yeah, is decisive roles, sure. and, and the other one isn't. And, and that's what's happened here. And that's the reason that Milan are in the semi-final and Napoli are not. Yes, that's true. That well, that's 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 part of the reason, uh, and I think you've led me on nicely to the final point here. Where we will have to talk about the losers. Unfortunately, I, I'd love to sit here literally all night with you and talk about you know Mike Magnon, Ismail Benasser, Simon Kier. They were like five or six of these guys were absolutely unbelievable. But we need to talk about Napoli for a moment. And yes, obviously, as you say, that it's gone it's gone slightly wrong there. But I can't help shake the feeling that without anything absolutely massive happening. This could barely have gone more like generally wrong domino after domino after domino for Napoli because they've had an amazing season. But these two games against Milan can just prove to you that in a heartbeat in football, just everything can just go wrong. And I'm watching them work this ball around in the second half, you know, trying to patiently probe for a goal to try and get back into this thing. And I'm, 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 sat, I'm sat there watching them. I'm thinking, right, we've got no Anguissa, who's suspended. We've got no Kim, who's suspended. Kim's replacement, Juan Jesus, has his head wrapped in a bandage to stop him from bleeding. Ossiemen is alternating between sprinting and limping. He's basically half fit. Politano went off screaming earlier. Haven't seen him since. And then later, Rachmani comes off and misses the last 12, 13 minutes because he has tweaked something too. You've missed a penalty. You've missed a half-open goal in the first 30 seconds of the first leg. It's pretty savage, isn't it? Like... You know, in, I can't think of a worse. How could it go worse? Like in like a very like subtle domino effect, it just it all racked up on them. And I'm like, what a way for your Champions League adventure to end. You know, top scorers in the competition through the group stages. You know, battered Liverpool, made all those waves. Of course, it's still an amazing season. Never going to take that away from them. But like in the Champions League, good lord, did it turn fast on Napoli? Yeah. I wonder if it's like a, a bit of a sour taste to the end of this season. Like, obviously, like they're still going to celebrate wildly when they, they win the league. But like what Milan have done to them in the past few weeks is a bit like crippling is probably a bit strong. But like, you know, it's, oh, it's, it's not great, is it? No. You are actually not the best team in points. Italy. You're not the best team in Italy mm. because you're getting seen to by in like this. I'm not sure that's quite true, but it, it, I think the, what is interesting no. is that the fans afterwards stayed and the chant that rang around and, and the Roma women's team did this after they lost in the Champions League to Barcelona. It was the, the song of, we're going to win the league. And, and Napoli's fans did it yesterday as well. The final whistle, the song was, we are going to win the league. And I thought that was one a nice touch 
just a kind of sign of solidarity with the players who have given so much this season and, and also gave so much last night. It wasn't, this was not through a lack of effort or through a perceived lack of exertion. They gave everything to the point where players were, you know, the walking wounded by the end of it. And so for the fans to stay and, and, and make that, that kind of judgment, I thought was really, really nice. But I thought it was interesting, Sam, what you said there. If someone was asking me to describe this tie from a Napoli perspective, you could do it quite simply by just saying 2-1 Savage. <laughs> oh no, he's what if I, I don't like the way you've ended that. He's one of my least favourite rappers. <laughs> <laughs> do it again. Do something else. Do a different reference. Yeah, that's it. That's, it. that's what we're sticking with. That pretty much is it from us. I'm going to leave it on that reference. All that's left for me to do today. Thank you so much to all of you for listening today. And thank you so much to the rank god, Mr. Samtai. Cheers, buddy. Thank you so much to our transfer guru, Mr. Dean Jones. Cheers, mate. I've been Jack Collins, Knave of Hearts. This has been the Ranks FC podcast. We do have more coming for you this week. There's an extra episode on Friday on our Patreon, which will be a spotlight looking at the weekend ahead. There's more on the YouTube channel as well, where I'll be doing UE Ultras tomorrow, all talking about things in the Europa League and the Europa Conference League. We'd love it if you went and checked that out. We will see you, if not, next week here back on the podcast thanks for tuning in we'll see you very shortly take it easy peace final seconds of the game a chance to score and the chance has gone begging if your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities get the mvp you deserve get shopify (coughs) shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks.